Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mail Right Show. We're super excited today. We are at episode number 301. Today's episode, John is uh, going to share with us the power of podcasting. So we're basically going to talk to you about what we do in terms of being a podcaster. I'm going to talk more from the like uh, knowledge side and and John's going to talk more from like in terms of having a vertical that you have knowledge and having something to want to talk about. John's going to really help. He's going to talk about that as well, but he's also going to talk about producing the show, which he does by himself exclusively. So all the show production is uh, information is going to come from John. So having uh, having said that, John, why don't you go ahead, since I've already mentioned your name three times in 10 seconds, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself officially to anybody that might be new to the MailRite podcast? Right. I am the founder of MailRite. We're uh, a website uh, provider aimed at real estate agents. We use the power of WordPress, the, the biggest platform website platform and we produce really nice looking websites that you the agent owns plus we've got a host of other elements to wordpress that helps you market online lovely my name is robert newman uh before i tell you uh, about who i am let's uh describe for you what the show does so mel wright actually talks to real estate agents and brokers about helping them with their digital marketing. We focus exclusively or almost exclusively on digital marketing, and we cover wide sections of the real estate space. Uh, I am uh, the founder of my own marketing company called Inbound Real Estate Marketing, and I focus on the power of storytelling and SEO um, to uh, help real estate agents generate leads. But honestly, most of my strategy comes from educating uh, professionals with five to 10 years experience or more when they're trying to figure out what to do long-term with their real estate strategy. Uh, we do systems. Uh, it, anyway, just check out the website. You won't, you won't be disappointed. Having said all that, John and I were talking about what should we talk to you guys about that we haven't really done before. You know what we haven't done? We haven't talked to you about podcasting. And we are podcasting. And a lot of other people are podcasting. It's probably one of the most popular strategies that everybody's getting into. So, John, why did you start? Because this is John's second podcast. He's done hundreds and hundreds of episodes. And he's got not one, but two businesses he's building up around podcasts. So why don't you, if you would, share with everybody why you decided to podcast in the first place? Well, because um, as a child, you know, I've been quite public. Uh, I have dyslexia, and one of the things that I kind of self-educated myself. I was a great listener of a of English, a British radio station called Radio Four, which is a kind of slightly um, has plays, interviews, politics the arts. It's a bit like public broadcasting in America, but I've uh, been a little bit snobbish here, a bit better. Uh, um, and um, it kind of, um, I was a big listener to it as a child and it kind of um, educated me and um, helped me with my vocabulary, which obviously I wasn't aware of at the same time. So I, I've been influenced by radio quite um quite a lot and um podcasting really its roots is really based on radio in my opinion um 
the the style, the vocabulary, um, the way podcasts are normally done, they are highly influenced by radio. And I, and uh, I from early from my early childhood was highly influenced by radio, Robert. Um, and that makes sense because, because I wasn't as probably quite as influenced as you, but I, I definitely was, radio was a deep part of my life. Listening to something gives somebody, I believe, so there's, there's a lot of studies that have been done on the different type of learners. There's kinesthetic learners, there's people that learn by doing, but there's also auditory learners and there's people who learn by reading and there's people who learn by all of those, you know, somewhere in between. But many of us actually have a preferred way of intaking information. And if I had to say anything about podcasting, it's not so much like you're going to go out and find the next best thing ever. What you are going to do is appeal to a certain amount of people that only have time to listen to podcasts, who might prefer an auditory way of, of digesting information. If you're in California, you absolutely are queuing up content for a couple of hours just to have something to listen to on your drive time. There's certain other states that are very similar. So the podcasting has taken an interesting place in the world where, you know, if you've got interesting information to share with somebody, whether it be entertainment or actual lifestyle information, but there's probably a section of people out there that have a block of time that they'd like to fill with something that is like expert learning category kind of stuff. And if you're producing a podcast, you have a chance to slip yourself into that slot and grab some of their attention. Would you agree, John? Yeah, and also, um, unlike the uh, more established media platforms, some of the most um, successful podcasts um, have been long-form. They've been over an hour, two hours, three hours. We keep hours at around half an hour um, because that's the kind of average commute in America, and then we provide bonus content, which I think is a, a good way of doing it. So if you're really engrossed in, to, in an interview that we do, you can listen to some extra, you know. Um, but, the long, you know, there are the, some of the biggest podcasts that get millions of downloads of two, three hours long, aren't they? So that that's kind of bolts the um, other more traditional television where, you know, if a news story is more than two minutes long, it's seen as too long, isn't it? It really is. It really is. So here's here's some interesting information. All right. So so guys, I'm just gonna I'm regurgitating something that was done by Captivate, which is just a marketing company that produces really cool uh like statistic-based content. So here's some stuff podcasting demographics in the United States. 75% of the US population is familiar with the term podcasting. 50% of all US homes are podcast fans. 55%, that's 155 million of the US population is listened to a pop- podcast. 37%, 104 million people listen to podcasts at least every month. 24%, 68 million listen to podcasts weekly. 16 million people in the US are avid podcast fans. 51% of podcast listeners are male, 49% female. The average age of the listeners, 12 to 34, 48%, 35 to 54, 32%, 55 plus 20%. 
63% of podcast listeners are white. 41% of monthly podcast listeners have household incomes of over $75,000. 25% of US podcast listeners have a four-year college degree. So here's why I just gave you all those statistics. If you're a real estate agent and you are trying to think of an unusual way to promote your business, then podcasts are something that you might want to consider looking at. It is a very good way to communicate lifestyle for a particular community or city. It's very shareable content. If you're part of Facebook groups, if you have your own Facebook page, if you're on Instagram, if you're on any of these things and you're trying to figure out interesting content that's going to draw in an audience, that is why I agreed to do the podcast with John in the first place. That was my reason to get into it. I just wanted content to put in my social channels that was unique and felt personal to those channels that they that people wouldn't find anywhere else. And I decided when John approached me about being his co-host, I said yes. Um, even though at the time I wasn't really a firm believer in like I wasn't thinking of podcasting as a way to generate business. And honestly, this podcast has not generated me that much business. But what it has done for me is John has been brilliant about getting just in crazy, crazy industry influencers on the show. And then we both get a chance to meet them and basically increase our sphere of influence by becoming familiar with all these other guys. Like we've had, like, what was it? One of the top WordPress template developers in the world. Yeah, on Brian, the show. Gard, Brian Gardner, he's a legend in the WordPress community. Right. And you're a WordPress developer. So that was a big... I was. Um, I'm... I'm just a, a principal of our agency now, you know, but there we go. Right. But still it was a, it was a, it was a cool person mm. for you to, to be able to email and have them respond. Right. Exactly. You know, we, we've had some big shakers and movers in, in the real estate industry. And I think that's the great point because, you know, as a local agent, um, one of the main things that we're trying to get across to our listeners and viewers is that if you want to be successful as a real estate agent in 2021, you can't be the invisible agent. Um, you've got to get out there and market yourself and put yourself in front of a lot of other agents. That That is the truth of the matter. If you want uh, a really great career, you know. Some people just want to be a part-time agent, but if you if you really are after building a really successful career as a real in real estate as a real estate agent, you you can't be the invisible agent. Now, to do that, one of the main things is to to be known by the shakers and movers of your community now if you normally approach the top echelon of your local community and say i'm a real estate agent i want to have a coffee with you the probably the answer you're going to get in a lot of cases is no i'm too busy or you're going to get no reply at all now if you approach the same group of people and say I do a podcast about my local community and I want to interview you. And then we're going to share that on Facebook and on YouTube, 
iTunes and YouTube, and you're, you'll be able to get a lot of the people that know you to watch it. Um, a lot of the time, instead of a no or no reply, you're going to get a yes. And that, even though it might be a small audience, if it's a locally focused regional podcast, it's still going to be enormously beneficial for you as an agent. What do you think of that, Robert? I, I, I really agree more. So I'm going to recap what I feel like John said. So if you're trying to increase your sphere of influence, if you're new or just maybe a first couple of years into your career and you're trying to think of something unusual, but a way to increase your influence without necessarily having to knock on the door and say to established agents, will you mentor me? One way to get that introduction without seeming like you're getting the introduction is to do a podcast because you wouldn't believe the people that say yes to John and I just because we have a podcast. Now we've done 300 episodes and over the years, I think we're one of the top real estate marketing focused podcast that exists on iTunes, but we didn't start there. And we've been growing our audience consistently month over month over time. You'll do the same thing with your podcast. Should you have one, it will be something that you grow. In the meantime, though, people don't know that. They don't know what your numbers are. They don't know. So if you come up with a good name and you and you show a bit of professionalism about the way that you book the show, which John has a huge amount of professionalism. So I'm going to talk about two things in the second half. We're going to go to our break here in just a second. But here's what you can expect in the second half of the show. We're going to give you some ideas about what you can talk about. Uh, John is going to cover some of the mechanics, if he would. I, I haven't talked about this, but some of the mechanics of how he actually physically does things like outreach, the forms that he uses, his thoughts behind them, because I think that he has a great and professional way of approaching people. And I'd like him to explain what that is. And we also have a great deal of success on people just coming to us, I think, and filling out our form. Is that is that correct, John? You would do more of that than me. All right. So we got a lot of great stuff for you coming out back after that, the break, all of it related to having your very own locally focused real estate podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRight. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back to the Mail Right pod- Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today, uh, our topic as it relates to real estate marketing is podcasting. Doing a local podcast or maybe not a local podcast, maybe a national one. But if you're a local real estate agent and you're trying to drum up either your sphere of influence or some uh, maybe some local business, then we're going to say we're going to suggest that you do a local podcast uh, focused on the lifestyle. But uh, before we get into any of that, that's going to be at the very end of the show. Uh, John is going to share with us some of the mechanics of actually running a podcast. And what I mean, John, is I'd like to know your thoughts on how exactly you decide what guests you're going to approach, how you approach them, what do you use in terms of support material? In other words, you've got forms that they fill out, you've got things that you feel like you need to use. So explain what you how you actually do the mechanics of getting guests onto the show. 
Well, that it's the actually you know it's one of the time-consuming elements, but you you got to do it in a fun way, and um, I tend to do it in batches. But I kind of um, I just um, with the moments that I'm switched off, I look at other people's podcasts who they've had on as guests. I also utilize YouTube to um and do searches in youtube and and youtube suggests people to me and then i watch then as i'm doing other stuff uh, i'm not watching it but i'm listening and see if they're maybe possibly good guests um i um if people people also there are podcast agencies that do approach you as our podcast has got more popular and more numbers i have we have become we are approached more often by podcast booking agencies mm-hmm. which is great but they you do have to check the guests out because um i tend to the people they're suggesting um I put them in YouTube and then see if they've done previous interviews. And then I listen to a couple of those. They do tend to suggest a lot of um, people that are experts on buying property and flipping property, which I don't mind occasionally that we delve into that particular area. But I don't think it would be, it's enormously interesting of interest to our target audience. They are involved in buying property for themselves or for clients and in flipping those properties. So it probably has some interest to our target audience. But like you said at the intro, our main focus, but not entirely, is digital marketing aimed at the real estate professional. That's our niche. And in general, we stick with it but we do have a broad number of different guests, don't we? Because yeah. if we if we kept talking about digital marketing all the time, I think there's only so much that we can say about it. So I attempt to mix it up a bit. Um, sometimes I surprise. I don't think sometimes Robert totally understands where my logic is coming from. But in general, not always, but in general, it's worked out, hasn't it, Robert? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, uh, I, I yeah, one of those things that and so let's talk for a moment about partnerships. So, John, I, I think I'd like to. Uh, so you're talking about outreach and you're talking about top topicality and those are great topics. I'm going to talk about co-hosts for a second because um, John and I uh, are very opposite in many ways and, and same in others. And one of those things that we've now done, I think, 160 episodes of this show together. And we've Um, never physically met, have we? No, we never physically met. We've only been doing these these online shows. Um, And I think that if you wanted a co-host, there's a lot of really cool things about riffing with somebody. And if you're going to, like, we do disagree on topicality. I could talk about real estate marketing all day, every day, and I oftentimes do. But and I feel like it's a very big topic. However, it doesn't really make a difference to me as a partner on a podcast because because for me personally, this has got to be inside my schedule a thing where I just show up 
And I've got five or 10 minutes that I put into my prep for the show. And then I show up as a person that speaks as a subject matter matter expert on certain topics, most of them focused on real estate marketing. And we've had a great deal of success with us talking to other subject matter experts that focus on deep real estate marketing issues. I connect very deeply with them. But I'm not a WordPress developer. I'm not uh, a generalist in terms of my interests. I don't have a lot of interest in real estate investing. John does. John has actually been involved in some of these interest industries as a consumer, as a person who has done some of these things. So he carries a lot more expertise inside the subject matter than I do, and oftentimes has some really insightful questions to ask these guests. So when you're when you're talking about your co-hosts, you know, try to make sure that you complement each other in some way or another. If you decide that you're going to do a co-host, husband and wife teams are great. Just make sure that you don't yeah. have... Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a difficult one because we're very different in personalities. We have similarities, like you said. We're both entrepreneurs. We both are not from the kind of traditional background of what is seen as an entrepreneur. We do it to make money, but also lifestyle as well. We're, but so, But other parts of our personality are very different, but... I think it has worked very successfully because because of those factors. Correct. I I also think that that is true as well. And, and we have occasionally run across very small personality quirks that may, you know, cause a little bit of rockiness every now and again. But I would say it's pretty small. John and I both being business people um, have the understanding that this, you know, business relationships sometimes are not perfect. As a matter of fact, most of them are just like most marriages have their challenges. Well, just depends. I don't think you've done anything oh, I would have told you and you would have told me. There's nothing that we have done that merits a, a big discussion. I don't think we've had a big come-to-Jesus meeting since we've been doing the show. We've had the odd thing that's turned up, but we never had to have a big you know, meeting on Zoom to have a, you know, to sort out, see if we could sort out a major problem, have we? No, that's true. That is very, very true. Um, um, the main ahead, fact, the factor that I've had to learn, which I did, which I made mistakes with my other podcast, which you have benefited from, but you're probably not aware of, is that I... Um, at the beginning of my other podcast, which I've done over 600 episodes and I've been doing for almost seven years, this particular one I've been doing for about three years, but seven, three or three and a half years, but the other one I was up to almost seven years. Um, I used to have co-hosts and I used to kind of, I wouldn't say bully them, but I would want them to do a lot more in providing guests and ideas and and helping me with the content. Um, and it didn't work because fundamentally, if they wanted to do that, they would run their own podcast. The main reason why they're interested and the, one of the reasons why um, you've kept with me, I think you now enjoy it, um, and you can now see why it was such a good idea. I'll give you your credos that you were prepared to try something new, even though you weren't too sure about 
either me or doing podcast in general, but you had the credos and the courage to try something new, which a lot of people don't, um, is that you've got to accept, you know, why it why it suits a co-host. And I, I have another co-host who's part of my other show, and uh, we've become quite close friends, and he does a fair bit of work for me. Um, but it's the same arrangement. He just turns up. He just he just turns up and helps me. And if for some reason, I guess, the other great benefit of having a co-host um, is that I find it quite hard and I find it quite unnatural to talk to the audience for 30 minutes on my own. Mm. Um, I find it better to have a discussion and the benefits of having a co-host is if a guest doesn't turn up, it's not disastrous and stuff does happen. And so like this show, um, we were supposed to have a guest. She had, she, Unfortunately, she's had to reschedule, but we're just having an internal show now and it's not a big deal, is it? Um, um, that's one of the benefits, but... I, I did try and get the co-host to do a lot more, and it doesn't work because, like I say, if, if they were wanting to do that, they would run their own show, Robert. Right. So um, what do you say inside the emails that you send out to people? So let's just say you find a YouTube channel, you like what that person has to say, you think you might want to interview the person on one of your two podcasts. What do you say to them? It depends on how how big um, a individual, and we do live in a hierarchical society, and we just have the. I personally find it nauseating in a way, but we are animalistic, and animals, most animal societies are hierarchical, and so is ours. So. But to be honest, it really depends on how big a star or a bigger audience or individual I feel they are. And um, I normally, um, if I haven't got an email address, I tend to use LinkedIn. And you'd be surprised um, how many people do reply to a, a message through LinkedIn. And then um, the amount of research and time, if you're approaching a, a, a bigger individual, in the industry that you're outreaching, the more research you do and point out and map out that you have listened to some of their previous interviews and this is the idea of the interview and this is what I hope that we could discuss that's a bit different and this is our audience and this is how it could benefit you. The more you, the more you frame it, as beneficial to the person coming on the show, the more chance there is that they're going to agree. Now, if it's a, like um, on our level where they're trying to build up a book of business and we're helping them promote, I still try and individualise it by showing that I have actually watched one of their, listened to one of their recent podcasts, um, looked at one of their videos. I know something, that's why I'm asking them. Mm -hmm. um, but I spend a bit less time and it's just the reality. And then we have the people that approach us 
which I, I check them over, and then it's just, yeah, I send them a booking link to a Pacific Calendar online calendar system, and we record this at the same time. It's very occasionally that I will move the book, the recording time. They, to be honest, they have, it has happened occasionally, but they really do have to be like digit, what I call digitality. Um, they really have to be a really big hitter um, mm-hmm. for me to move it because then it becomes a bit painful having to move when we record this show. And, and then they can choose a date. I I keep the booking calendars so they can't book any further out than 90 days because I, find, I found based on the experience that if you allow people to book for more than eight or nine weeks out, they tend to endlessly reschedule. So um, that's what... And then if they agree... I get them to fill in a form, which is important because they gives me what things they want to talk about, give us an up-to-date headshot that we can use. And also they give permission, which is proven to be important. They give permission that we have every right to use the show in any way, form, that we choose to use it, and so they have as well. We have joint copyright ownership, and um, that's really um, if a if somebody comes on and they totally refuse to fill in the form, I probably wouldn't let them on the show now because I have had the odd, and it's only happened very occasionally in all the podcasts that I've done. I've had people try and come after me for copyright infringement. Um, and by getting them to tick that box and agree, they can't do it, basically. They, they've done a deal with the devil, basically. <laughs> um, uh, um, um, and I, I really haven't got much time for these people that come on, and then when it's not convenient, they 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 want to come after you. I, I think they're, they're, they're the scum of podcasting, really. Um, but... It's only it happened occasionally, Robert. We're at the 30-minute mark, Rob, so I think we need to wrap it up and we can then discuss this for another 10 minutes. How does that sound, Rob, on sure. the, the YouTube channel? So, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. We're going to produce 10 minutes of extra special bonus content for those of you who are big YouTube fans. We're going to ask that when you consume this content, because it will be something fascinating, interesting, and awesome, that you then uh, like and comment on the MailRite YouTube channel. Um, And um, yeah, we're really looking forward to talking to you. And I am thinking that uh, John and I will recap uh, some of our favorite podcasting moments. That's going to be the bonus content. Yeah, I would like to go into the mechanics of how you, you know, what equipment and some of the mechanics and the bonus. And I think that um, in the coming weeks, we return to this because it was amazing how the half hour disappeared, wasn't it, Robert? And I think we need to delve into this. But in the bonus content, shall we look at some of the mechanics? I'll give some advice about how, what equipment and what processes you need. If I was a real estate agent looking, I think that would be really helpful, which they can watch on the YouTube channel, can't they, Robert? Yep, absolutely. 
All right, no further ado, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Once again, you can find John at mail-right.com. You can find Robert Newman at inboundrem.com. We appreciate you listening to the show today. Have a great day.